It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.07 on a Saturday morning, 30, no, 63.7 degrees outside right now. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener. I'm here to help you be more successful in your landscape. And this morning to talk about Irma, what damage you saw, what damage you need to know how to clean up, what you can do about the various situations that too much rain, too much wind, and uh, things that need to be fixed right now. I'm joined this morning by my friend Ashton Ritchie from the Scotts Company. So we have lots of knowledge about lawns right now. If you need to reseed a lawn or put pre-immersion out or control weeds in the lawn, that would be something you can ask Ashton this morning. We'll deal with that as well. If you have an Irma question, give us a call at 404-872-0750. 404-872-0750. And Ashton, since you just walked in, I will take one lawn question right now, and then we'll do a little Irma tree care right now, okay? Okay. So first comes uh, Mike in Lawrenceville, and Mike joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Mike. Hey, morning, Walter. How are you? We're great. How, how can we help, Mike? Well, I've got centipede in the front, and my back's full of trees, and I always plant ryegrass. Yeah. Is this a good weekend to do ryegrass? Why not? Yeah, Actually, Mike, you could definitely put it put down ryegrass this weekend. Um, is it the kind of thing every fall you put the ryegrass down in the back? Yeah, because there's so much shade. Yeah. It, I mean, it just it's great in those. It looks great uh, going into and the winter. Dies, July and August every year. It's just yeah. all bare dirt now. Yeah, yeah that, 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 that'll work. Well, let me ask you a question. My buddies tell me you have to, with the ryegrass, you have to soak it like crazy like they do on the golf course. Is that true or not? No, I don't think. I, 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 I've never done that. And uh, I, I know sometimes on a football field or something where they want to do some pre-germination because right. they've got uh, a very tight schedule between games, sometimes uh, the professionals will do that. But uh, definitely not necessary. So I don't have to soak the heck out of it like I did last year and have two hundred dollar water bill, right? <laughs> well, you do want to you do want to keep it watered till it gets up and uh, and you know as as it's starting to get closer to being mowed, you would start to lengthen the period of time between watering. But normally, okay, and all, then all your, the bare spots, I guess I have to put out the dreaded wheat straw, right? A little, little no. wheat straw here and there if you just cover things over, keep the birds off of it. Oh, that's all. I don't have to put it heavy like my neighbor told. No, no. you listen no, you to should your still, too many You should times. still be able to see fifty percent of the ground when you're Easy. looking down. Oh yes, I, man, because that's the worst thing in the world is throwing wheat straw. I don't mind doing anything <laughs> except wheat straw. For, so I don't know why. <laughs> now, all you're trying to do, Mike, when you when you water this ryegrass, is keep the upper half inch, quarter inch, maybe of the soil moist, not soggy, just moist. So that doesn't mean soak or anything. That just means keep it moist enough for the seeds to find. Well, water when they need it. So if you're really trying to soak it, soak it, soak it, that could be bad for the for the ryegrass oh, okay. cause root rot. Oh, that's perfect. Well, I got one more question real for quick, you, Walter. Real quick. Buddy of mine lost a big hickory tree. You know, when I was a kid, aren't those real hard to split? I've split one pretty cleanly before. Sweet gum is hard to split, but hickory not in my oh, experience. Oh, hickory's not that bad, so I can do it with a maul and wedges and everything. I have, when I lived in Grant Park 20 years, 30 now years ago, that's about all I burned were people's oak and hickory limbs that had fallen down or tree trunks that had been split or that had been cut, and I would just split it with my axe and maul. I didn't have any problem with hickory. Oh, okay. 
Well, that's great news. I'm glad you told me that, Walter. Right, I'm going to be it. busy today and tomorrow, I guess, aren't I? Uh, axe in a mall. Oh, my gosh. My, mm. That makes my back hurt just thinking about it. But that's what I did. I was a young... young I did that strong. when I was a ute as yeah, well. Yeah, ute, exactly. Well, I'm 61 years old. My hands aren't painted on. Everybody said, buy a log splitter. I said, no. Makes too much noise. <laughs> yeah, be, be glad it wasn't a sweet gum. You're right. Sweet yeah. gum, oh, yeah, elm, boy, that would be hard. That, and I, I did it one time, and I said, never again. It's great I talking to you, Mike. Throw it in the woods. Thanks for calling. All right, y'all have a great day. I'm sure we'll see you soon. All right, buddy. 404-872-0750 is our number. Let's talk about trees in Irma, because of lots of trees. We've had already two calls this morning, Ashton, from people who had small trees, like arborvitae and dogwood, that were leaning. And I almost told the arborvitae guy how to straighten his up, but we ended up thinking it might be better to take it out. But at this time of the year, after a storm like this, maybe the tree hasn't fallen, big trees, but there are things to look for around trees to see if there's a possibility in the next storm they might they might fall. And I think this would be a great time for people to go out and just take a very slow walk around the landscape and look particularly around the root system, around the base of the tree, and see if there's any bulges there, anything that looks like the soil has been disturbed, like the tree leaned but didn't ever fall, but leaned and came back with the soil is disturbed a little bit. You see the cracks in the ground where the roots have come up. That would be one thing to look for. And another thing, and Ashton, you'll like this because it involves resting. Sleeping, perhaps, <laughs> but resting, certainly. <laughs> is you got go, my attention. Yeah, you go out and you get a, a, a beach chair. That's exactly what would do great. A beach chair that you can recline as far back as you can recline it. And just set it down in your back landscape and look up in the trees and sit there for a while and just look up in your trees. And it's remarkable, Ashton. I'm defaulted this myself. I rarely look up in my trees. I look at the trunk of the tree because it's eye level, right? Right, sure, right, right. At the trunk. But I don't look up in the trees. But now's the time to look up in the trees and see if there are any limbs hanging up there. Yeah, or a split that, or a yeah, split or, or something. split in the top of the tree that you haven't noticed yet, but you are going to notice when you sit in the beach chair in the backyard. But sometimes these, these hanging limbs, they don't give any warning when they fall out yeah, of the trees. Right, so you're right, walking right. along and pfft, and and they'll get Bang. you they'll get you bad too. And yeah. I heard you uh, tell the the man with the dogwood that if he had a tree to uh, use a a rope or a come along or yeah. something to attach to, uh, the the good thing about doing that now is we've got lots of great growing weather right now where the roots will strengthen themselves yeah. uh, before the you know the ground won't freeze for a long time. Yeah. And so yeah. you got a lot, lot of root growth that's going to happen. And one of the things I did not mention very clearly to him, but I will say over and over again, is padding, padding, padding. When you put something around a tree, whether it's a chain or a rope or you know, anything that you're trying to pull around a tree to put, to put around a tree, to pull it up and upright, it needs to be padded with something like quilts, not with just a little piece of newspaper, not just a little piece of, of cloth, but a quilt, something that really, really pads the trunk of the tree because it's very thin. Many trees yeah. have much thinner bark than you think they do, and a little bit of stress one way or another can really harm the bark, and then you're hurting a tree that you wanted to save by pulling it up. Right, right. So, let's be careful. Go out, rest in the backyard. You've got trees around your house, Ashen, that you could go and rest this afternoon. And when Rita asks uh, well, you Well, I think you got doing, my attention. You know, I, I need to figure out a way to watch some college football, though, while I'm doing well, that. Yeah, you get that little portable TV set out there and watch <laughs> the football, or maybe listen on the radio to the Bulldogs, and then look up in the trees and see that limb. Uh-oh, better get that before it falls on my yeah, skylight. But the Bulldogs are tonight, so yeah. uh, 
it might be hard to look up in there. Well, you have the pregame show that starts <laughs> three thirty, I think. Yeah, something like that. Let's go back to the phones. We've got more lawn questions. Joe and Marietta joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Joe. Good morning. Top of the morning to you. Top you of the doing? morning to you too, Joe. How can we help? I've got uh, fescue in my backyard, about seven thousand square feet, and Bermuda in the front. Yeah. And over the past few years, the Bermuda has been creeping back into the fescue. So now I've got about a thousand feet of the seven thousand uh, in of Bermuda there. It's terrible looking Bermuda, as a matter of fact, too. So my question is, I want to aerate and overseed. Um, should I uh, use Roundup in that thousand feet of Bermuda, uh, Bermuda to try to get rid of it? Wow, uh, Joe, I tell you. Uh, my experience with uh, doing Bermuda with Roundup is that you need to do it a couple of times, and yeah, and then you need a week late, between huh? that. So then all of a sudden, if you start looking at the calendar, you're going to start to run, your time is going to run out. So this would be a process you would start probably in mid-August or so in order yeah. to get you ready to do the fescue now. Um, yeah, I understand. I, um, it, oh, it sounds I, like what you've got is some... Gonna, I wasn't going to use the Roundup, and then... Of course, uh, thinking about it and looking at it, how bad it looks, I just uh, came to the conclusion just a few days ago, so that's what I thought yeah. about. But maybe I have to wait until the uh, Bermuda is 1,200 square feet next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's start in August. I, I t- it sounds like that you've got quite a bit of sun right there, and so the yeah. transition from sun to shade from your front to yes. the back means the Bermuda is trying to thrive where it's sunny, and then once it starts to get to the shade, that Bermuda just runs out of gas. It just has the hardest time, especially those old common, common types like you got. Um, Absolutely. But, you know, mowing it a little t- on the taller side uh, it sometimes can help keep it from looking so s- scraggly, and that would be more of a, a height for your fescue, too, so yeah. maybe at a well, the, two and a half um, inches or so. You know, the, the Bermuda's been creeping slowly back there, um, just the seeds blow back during the seeding time. And um, will it, um, uh, you know, it's not, it, it's heavier this year, obviously, every year it grows more. Will I be able to get enough fescue through there? Um, you know, by aerating and overseeding in order to give it, um, you know, will the fescue it grow anymore back to the Bermuda at all? Uh, it will if you can expose the soil and get the seed down to the soil. So uh, you yeah. mentioned aeration, uh, uh, dethatching, or a slit seeder, something like that that actually gets the seed down to the soil would be uh, the way to yeah. go. But if the seed actually just kind of you throw it down and it, it lays on top of the Bermuda and never really gets down to the soil, it's not going to do as well. So um, should I scalp it uh, before I do it? That would help. To get, yeah, that yeah. would help. That would help open it up. When you guys say scalp, how, how tall above the ground should the uh, <laughs> blades be? Don't throw all the dirt. <laughs> a lawnmower blade, I don't yeah, want right. to see a lot of dirt uh, thrown away. Yeah. got clay everywhere. Just right? above that point is yeah. where the scalp yeah, is. Yeah, you, so get it down as tight as you can without uh, scorching the earth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, okay, put some I uh, put some starter fertilizer put some starter fertilizer down when yeah. you when you yeah, put Yeah, I would the, do that. Maybe I'll throw some compost on top of it to the bare area. Yeah, that would help. Yeah, that would help that as would well. Keep the fescue yeah. seed happy. Okay. All right. Thank you. You bet, Joe. Thanks for calling. Bye bye. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. This is the number to dial to get into Joe's place. There, Jane is out in Kennesaw. And joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Jane. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm having a problem that my lawn guy tells me is fairly common this year. Because we've had so much rain, um, several of my perennials, especially the swamp daisies, which are a predominant part of my yard beauty this time of year, 
Um, Irma has made it worse. Uh, it just compounded this moisture problem, and they seem to have, I don't know if it's a fungus or what, but halfway up those eight-foot stalks that should be blooming fairly soon, their leaves look dead and terrible. And I don't know if it's a fungus and I should treat it before I chop them down after frost. Uh, is it something that might go away and, and they're probably healthy? Do you have any ideas about that? So we're talking about the sunflower, the, the perennial sunflower, is that right? The yes. one that grows up eight feet tall, as you say, has yellow flowers on top of it? Yes, and yeah. also okay. my hostas are showing some weird stress that I think is from moisture. Quite a so, few. I mean, my blueberries things, are doing the same thing. Some of the times the best thing to do is to get a trowel and just dig in the ground beside your hosta, beside the sunflowers, and see how soggy is it remaining now two or three or four days after the rain has gone away. And if it's still soggy, mm -hmm. then yeah, we need to probably dig those plants up and re-renovate the soil, add more organic matter, maybe some real gritty sand to it so it drains faster. Wow. And make it a better bed for the next storm that comes and dumps a lot of rain on you. Yeah, okay. So we don't think it's a fungus, or would a fungus so sunflowers be can stand a lot of water. They are very water tolerant. So I'm, if it's a real pond that they're sitting in, then that's a problem for me. But if it's just the soil is just sort of soggy, usually they can stand that pretty well. They're a swamp sunflower after all, and so yeah. they, they don't they're mind being They're very well-drained, and they're in full sun. Uh -huh. That's what's so strange, and the blueberries are on a hill. But the leaves have been yellowing for well over a month. Mm. They're just unhappy. And I asked my, my yard guy who does you know many, many homes uh, in our area in Kennesaw, he he said, we're seeing this kind of stress in every house we, we deal with. Well, let's look at the ground, make sure the ground is not real, real soggy, mm -hmm. and uh, go from there, because I think that's one thing to think about in the aftermath of Irma, is okay. that so many places that do have soggy, soggy soil, and the plants are responding by getting rotten and turning yellow. Okay? Thanks for calling, then, Sarah. Let's get out of here. It is 721 at News Talk WSB. Back after this. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's going to be 80 degrees this afternoon, high this afternoon around 80, low tonight around 65. Tomorrow about the same, little chance of rain both days. High tomorrow a little bit warmer, 85 or so, and low overnight 67 degrees. This is Lawn and Garden. Next half hour we're going to talk about maples and how to plant and take care of them, how to plant centipede seed, how to take care of a brick flower box. And a guy's got a tree that's down over his septic tank. What are we going to do about that? And then a question about how to seed Bermuda grass. All that coming up in more Lawn and Garden after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 736 on a Saturday morning, 63 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, along with Ashton Ritchie from the Scotts Company. We're here together to answer questions about lawns, about trees, about your questions about what to do after Irma. If you've had any damage, we can give suggestions about what to do about it. And if you want to avoid damage in the future, we have suggestions about what to do there as well. The phone number is 404-872-0750. On Twitter, it's AskWalter, hashtag AskWalter on Twitter, and we can take questions there as well. All right, so actually we've got a tree question right now. Let's go to Jason. Jason's in Atlanta and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Jace, good morning. 
Hey, good morning, guys. How are y'all? Good, great. How can we help, Jason? Well, uh, it's kind of a after Irma question and, and trying to get prepared for the next storm. I know we're in hurricane season. My wife and I just recently planted a red maple and a sugar maple, I believe, and just wanted y'all's advice on what we need to do uh, in the future to kind of help promote growth and protect them. We were concerned with the winds being they were fairly young trees. We yeah. ordered them online. They're maybe four or five feet tall. Good. Uh, but is there anything I need to do uh, to get prepared or, or not to do uh, to help them kind of well, with the fall? As you know, trees use their roots as anchor, right? The anchor mm-hmm. of a tree is, is the root system. And so one thing you can do that will make those roots spread out into a wide area around the trunk of these new maple trees you planted is simply mulch. Don't let grass grow underneath those trees because grass steals away the things that the roots want and so the roots are competing all the time. They're nervous all the time that the grass is taking what they want. And so the best thing you can do, I think, for most trees, and they're young anyway in your case, is to mm-hmm. mulch four, five, six maybe feet away from the trunk of the tree in all directions so the roots have now, a real nice, soft, cool soil to move into. I did recently plant Bermuda as well. Do, do I need to kind of rake that back away from the, the trees? I think so. Okay. Again, they're nothing but warriors. They're fighting each other, and sure. frankly, it's easier to replace Bermuda than it is to replace a great big maple tree. Do Do I need to put a pole next to my thing? And, and my wife and I have no, uh, you know, lawn and garden knowledge at all. Obviously, so. you said, I need how, to, how tall did you say it was, Jason? Maybe four, four and a half feet. No, both it's of fine. Them? It's fine. And in, in, okay. in fact, I think the tree would like to be able to uh, strengthen itself by moving, mm-hmm. and so rather than keeping it totally still. The more it moves, and in fact, it's probably a stronger tree now than it was maybe uh, last week at this time. Right, yeah. <laughs> it was not like moving it, it, it around. It, yeah. that is Any real stimulus. Fertilizer, anything I need to do? Uh, you know, you're so late young. in the season to fertilize. Starter okay. fertilizer, maybe, but I don't think it's necessary. If you wanted to put some of the maybe sure a light. start light application of Sure Start or something that's a starter fertilizer, but it's not going to be. But certainly essential. next spring. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Well, thank y'all. Good luck with it, Jason. Thank you. We'll see you soon. We got who is next on the line? Glenn's in Buckhead. Glenn joins us on Lawn and Garden. Morning, Glenn. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning. Hey, I've got a like a brick flower box against a, a building, and it's, it's only about 20, 24 inches wide, 40 feet long. And before the storm got here, we, we dug it up. We put a French drain in it because we had some drainage issues. The problem is, is we only left about 12 inches of soil on top of that. Yeah. And I want to know what we can plant in there, and I'd like for it to be something that could kind of grow tall or maybe some type of evergreen, like a pencil sky holly or something, but I just don't know what I can plant in that shallow of soil. How tall are you meaning? Four feet or 12 feet? Um, I mean, I would like something that can get up there to 10 feet if possible, but I don't know if that's a possibility. With 12 inches of soil, Ashton, that doesn't sound like a lot of anchoring for something that uh, tall. I think of that, I think of uh, perennials and yeah. and uh, annuals that, that would thrive with 12 inches, or even vegetables. But uh, That sounds mighty shallow for any kind of tree or evergreen that might get yeah, the wind. The, and just the, only thing, right um, the only thing I can think of, too, would be, uh, I know what, we had a situation like that, and we we planted uh, climbing hydrangea, which, mm-hmm. uh, but, we, but we put some... Um, uh, you know some trellises along the side of the house, so, so that way you got the you got the height, and it was in a bed, and it okay. it, it, it did great. It actually did great, and that got up 10, 10, 12 feet all the way up. 
You could use. Okay. What, um, so would a pencil sky holly? Would that be out of the question? Boy, it still seems. I have the sky pencil, sky pencil holly, and it is easily eight feet above my head. So I would think again that twelve inches of soil is simply just not quite enough to hold it in place, unless you have some way to anchor it to the wall or something else to hold it upright when it gets to its mature size. Unless okay. maybe you choose to prune it, you could. I think if you like them, but you want the twelve feet, so that's not going to work. Um, Unless you have a way to anchor it, I think you're taking chances by putting something that tall, that evergreen, and that vertical, and likely to catch the wind and flop over. All right. But the trellis is not a bad idea. you got a cross vine, make a nice trellis back there. Confederate jasmine makes a real fragrant um, vine to grow on a thing. Climbing hydrangea like Ashen did. Um, maybe just regular clematis. There's two or three clematis varieties that work real nicely on a trellis. So a trellis might be more suited for what you have than... It would really soften the wall and, yeah. uh, and, give you, and give you some plant interest. Great. All right. That's what I'll go with. All right, Glenn. Thanks for calling. Thanks, guys. We'll see you soon. We got Robin in uh, Canton, Georgia, with a question about her pecan tree. Hey, Robin. Good morning. Hi, Walter. Hi. Um, I had insisted that I had to have a pecan tree, so I planted it. It was looking rough, so I did um, spray the foliage with zinc. Mm-hmm. But someone had told me that I probably needed another pecan tree. So I was going to run out and buy another pecan tree this fall. But I didn't know if you thought I needed a different variety, the same variety. It's a Stewart pecan. They are, for all intents and purposes, self-fertile. So you do not need another one to provide pollen for it. Very well. Do you think I should zinc again this fall? You should do it what again? Zinc. Oh, zinc. Um, add the zinc to the foliage again. I, that was a couple of weeks ago. It still looks a little rough, but it might just be stress. I think it's more stress than anything else. Zinc maybe once a year is all you need because you're just trying to get enough zinc into the leaves so that they don't have the pecan rosette, the little brooming at the ends of the branches, and, which is caused by shortages of zinc in the foliage. And I think one spraying per year is probably fine. So, no, I don't think you need to do it again. Very well. Thank you. All right. Good luck with it. Thank you. Of course, you're choosing a pecan tree. Now, Robin there, she was ahead of the game because she's already chosen her pecan tree and put it in. But if you're choosing a pecan tree, the first thing you should look for, and do your research. Don't just go to a store and say, I'll take that one. Do your research and find out which variety of pecan is resistant to scab. I have had innumerable emails this year from people who say, Look at my pecan nuts. I've got spots all over the leaves, mm-hmm. and these nuts, there's nothing in them. It's all rotten inside my pecan. I thought wow. I was going to have pecan pie this fall, but it's all rotten. What did I do? And the problem is they got scab. scab. Mm-hmm. Scabs are very, very common pecan disease. Some varieties are more resistant, some varieties less. And if you get the one that is more resistant in 15 years, you'll really I learned something from you every time I'm with you, Walter. I've known you for like 25 years, plus I'm honest. And uh, I learned something from you every time I'm with you. And sometimes, some years, even with a scab-tolerant tree, or tree that gets scabbed, some years will be dry in the spring and summer, and they won't have scab on at all. You've got a nice harvest, everybody's happy. But on a wet year like this year, this is when the scab-resistant tree is It's also on the foliage, too, wouldn't it? Yeah, 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 sure. And we've had discussions, Ashley, and I'll let you figure this one out. We've had discussions on the show about whether you could use a pressure washer, you know, regular gasoline-powered pressure washer. You use the suction tube where you're supposed to suck up soap and put it into the, into the uh, uh, mixture of water that goes up. Whether you could use that to spray way up high on a mature tree, to spray zinc or fungicide or something way up high on a tree. And uh, there have been people who have promised to try it and let me know what happened, and now hopefully they will 
try it and let me know what happens. Spraying <laughs> fungicide 20, 30 feet in the air with a pressure washer. Why not? Yeah. Seems like but, but, it but, might But work. your suggestion to get a variety that doesn't catch it is yeah. so much better than a fun- fungicides. Yeah. Uh, to me, are uh, under, unless you really got a situation, I mean, it's like you have to repeat applications. Yeah, yeah, uh, they're and, expensive. And expensive. And, well, let's get the resistant tree. You're better off that way. Timothy is in Duluth and joins us. Hey, Timothy, morning. Walter, how are you doing today? We're doing great. How can we help, Timothy? Wonderful. I need some help. I bought my house a year and a couple months ago, and in March and in September, according to your calendar, on my Bermuda grass, I would do, I'm going to call it pre-emergent slash maintenance in those two months. That's right. However, once I bought the house, I don't know what they did in March. I didn't know anything about loan. I didn't do anything in September. This March, I started to see some things come up, and now I am lost to do and get it fixed and taken care of. What can you help me with? So it's full sun, right? Shaking, I'm sorry? So you've got a lot of sun back there with the Bermuda. That is correct. Okay, great. All right, so Ashton, you're the lawn expert here. He's got Bermuda grass. What does he do in September? Well, it, it, to help the it? weeds that you're seeing there now that germinated back in the spring and early summer... Uh, yes, that the pre-emergent would have prevented. Well, most of those will die with the uh, frost that you might get a little bit later on. So, um, you know, doing a pre-emergent now, as soon as you can, actually would help uh, prevent the weeds that are going to be there uh, going into winter and next spring, like uh, chickweed and uh, henbit and, 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 and your bluegrass. Sure. It, it would certainly help. So uh, a, a pre-emergent this weekend, okay. and then... Uh, at pre-emergent next next March, uh, the Scotts Halts uh, is is a good one. It's yeah. it's it's got it's actually a, one of the better uh, pre-emergent materials, pendimethalin, that actually works very well. What would you say with Scott? Scott's the, the Scotts Halts has pendimethalin in it. There's another couple of products around. One has Dithiapir, which is another sort of broad spectrum right. uh, weed preventer. But uh, they, they would be the two better ones, I think, yeah. to use. Uh, is pendimethalin the one that stains the sidewalk, Ashley? Uh, that is, it, it, it depends on how it's made, uh-huh. but uh, uh, I have not noticed it. I've used it, and I have not noticed that. Okay, the, I knew there was but, one uh, that people would say would get it off the sidewalk before it makes yeah, little stains a, on there. Yeah, there's a little yellowing, but uh, uh, so, I, you know, after I put it down, I use a, a blower just to blow it, because the particles are extremely small. Yeah. So pre-emergent now, pre-emergent in March or next year, some maybe, a, I'm torn about using fertilizer this late in the season. What do you think about fertilizer? fertilizer? Uh, you know, uh, I think you still can. Okay. Uh, it's not but, September 15th yet, yeah, so it still so, has some growth. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yesterday was September 15th. So, oh, it was. Uh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. What was the calendar? Yeah, you, 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 but it, if it was something you could do this weekend, and if you hadn't fed since maybe last spring... Yes, sir. Then I would uh, maybe give it a, give it a shot of, of lawn food, like for one of the winter type lawn foods, or a starter lawn food. One of those two. Yeah. Outstanding. So to recap, this is hit it with the pre-emergent now. Yeah. Do it again in March and a little bit of fertilizer, and then start following the calendar that's on the website. It's going to be gorgeous. Stick Timothy. with the calendar. Yes, indeed. Yes, Thank you guys so much, and as always, have a great day and appreciate all you do for us. Thank you, Timothy. We'll see you soon. Thanks for calling. We got Jason on the line. Jason's in Dunwoody and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Jason, tell you what, I need to put you on hold because I just realized what the time is here. I don't want to run over here. So give me, give me a minute. I'll put you on hold. Come right back. You'll be first in line. It's 17 minutes past the hour right now, and we'll be right back after this. 
This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. This shit, that ice cold, Michelle fight for that white gold. This one for them hood girls, them good girls. What kind of song is it, Jason? Oh, my goodness. Well, quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. The high today around 83 degrees, low 66 tonight. Mix of clouds and sun throughout today. Great football weather, of course. University of Georgia plays football. The Bulldogs against the Bulldogs, I believe it is this evening. Pre-game show starts around 3, 3.30 this afternoon. Two more days. High tomorrow is going to be around 85 degrees, low of 67, about like today. Mostly sunny. Both days. Chance of rain goes up on Wednesday. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And let's see, Jason is, I believe, who we had last time. Jason, welcome to Lawn and Garden once again. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you doing? Doing fine. How can we help, Jason? So Irma blew over my, my 30-year-old dogwood, and um, instead of planting another tree, you know, it was literally the only thing in the planting bed, um, I was going to put down Bermuda sod. And is it too late in the season to put down Bermuda sod? I know people who put down Bermuda sod on Christmas Day, and it's been successful. Really? Yeah. The key That's is just good. keep it moist. Don't let it dry out or anything. You've got and at least another month and a half or two, maybe, before it really gets cold enough for the soil not to be receptive to roots to grow into them. So if you'll put the side out there, roll it down so it's nice and tightly connected to the soil beneath it. What do you think, Ashley? He ought to be able to do that. That sounds good to me. Yeah. And is there anything I need to do to prep the soil prior? Because it's pretty much clay. I mean, there's a little bit of topsoil. Yeah, if you can put some organic matter in there, uh, you can buy you know bags of compost, uh, lawn soil, or compost, or any any organic matter. If you can mix that in, maybe an inch or two into the into the into the soil. Um, but you don't have any, uh, you know, where the, where the dogwood was. This, it, 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 they didn't come in and like uh, cut out a stump or anything like that, did they? And leave sawdust behind? No, they they, they dug out the. I had them dig the stump out. Okay, good, because because uh, that that raw wood uh, will take a lot of the nutrients away from the and this grass would suffer for a while. So uh, so you you sounds like you're good to go. Uh, maybe a little starter starter lawn food with when you put the Bermuda down. Okay, very light. Thank you very much. You bet. Great. It's good to know that Jason will be successful with that. Do we have time for the weekend prize pack? Yes, we do have time for the weekend prize pack. Ashley Frasca thinking of a number between 2 and 7. that will determine who wins a pair of tickets to see the Trans-Siberian Orchestra's The Ghost of Christmas Eve returning to Infinite Energy Arena for two shows on December 9 and 3 at 3 p.m. and 8 p.m. And if you don't win, tickets are on sale now at Infinite Energy Center. Ashley, what caller will win? Is it that time already? It Christmas. is almost wow. Trans-Siberian Orchestra time. Goodness. Uh, caller 4. Make your plans. If you're free on December the 9th and you're the fourth caller to 404-741-0750, you win these tickets. We'll be back after news.